Thank you for listening. This is Israel Rebound, a podcast joining listeners around the world to explore Israel through the ties that bind us, through culture, identity, and current events. I'm Alan Padesh in California, and I'm joined with my friend and co-host, Liz Felstern in Jerusalem. Liz, good day. Good evening. Hi, Alan. So we're in day 79 of this highly challenging war between Israel and Hamas that started on October the 7th with a massacre um, in the envelope near Gaza, initially killing 1,200 people and taking 240 people hostage. Some of those hostages have been released. There have been, there are still roughly 129 hostages still being held in Gaza. And Israel is in a war with a terrorist organization that has built an infrastructure instead of, it built an infrastructure of war versus an infrastructure of supporting its people. I'm I'm concerned about the people of Israel how how have how are people you know I don't want to say adapting but how are people every day dealing with this ongoing trauma of this war and conflict and loss of life and every day the Israeli media through the military announces the soldiers that have fallen um, in Gaza or in the north right. what's sure. your what's your take on all this so it is a lot, even just what you described, right, is is a lot. Um, how are Israelis handling this ongoing trauma? First of all, I think that that is an apt description. It feels like ongoing trauma. Um, and obviously, I'm using the term trauma pretty loosely because we we know certainly there are some people who are genuinely experiencing PTSD, post-traumatic uh, symptoms and issues. And then there are many people who, I guess, everybody else in Israel, basically, uh, who are experiencing the difficulties, anxiety, depression, sadness, uh, and many other symptoms, but not necessarily in a in a clinical way. And that's an important point because it's something that I think uh, oh, at this point, many organizations in Israel have realized we need to we need to keep an eye on, and that there should be ways to identify people who are struggling and who are having a hard time way before they get to stages of of serious post post trauma, um, and that we need a wide range of solutions and and options for people to get help, support, advice. Um, and so more and more of those are are coming out. Um, for example, uh, if you watch the, the television, there are many commercials um, that refer to some sort of helpline or phone number that people can call if they are feeling like they're struggling. And sometimes from places that you wouldn't expect. So yes, of course, um, each of Israel's major HMOs, healthcare providers, have a number that anybody who's dealing with issues of, of mental health can call. Um, each municipality, if you call the, we have like a, 
I don't know what you would call it, but there's like a short number that you dial that reaches the offices of your municipality, of your city. Um, Is that speed dialing? It's a, well, but it's not like you put them on speed dial. It's like you just know, like it's not 911, but it's for a broader range of, of issues. Um, but it's a short number like that, you know, like star and then three three numbers that you know you can call your municipality. And all of those also now when you call amongst the various options is that you want to talk to someone about mental health. But there are also less um, less expected places. For example, I saw a commercial from Materna, which is the Israeli brand of baby formula. and the commercial was telling people that, you know, this is your trusted brand of Israeli baby formula, just as we've always been there for you and your baby and what's best for you. And we continued to, you know, sell this formula. It was a, it was a commercial after all. Um, you know, but we are, we are here for you at this time. And if you're struggling, you know, and, and want help on what's best for you and your family you can call this number. Do those commercials come after the news stories or after uh, regular television programming? Both. Both. They're interspersed, yeah, both in news programming and in a more lighter, I don't know what the word is, not less, uh, more entertaining programming. Um, so that's an interesting phenomenon, right? That there are more and more places, but I think there is that awareness that we need to have solutions early on to prevent people from getting further down the road of mental health before they get some kind of help. There there are apps that are being advertised for people to be able to monitor their own um, mental well-being and gives you suggestions if you're feeling, you know, more down than, than usual and things like that. Another, just one small thing that I'll say maybe on this topic of how people are are coping. Um, well, two things. One, I I do hear over and over again that people are starting to realize that in many ways there's a direct correlation to how much news they watch and how much anxiety um they're feeling about the situation and so people are realizing that they need to take a break from the media uh, for their own mental well-being and along with that um most israelis that i have i interact with um have certainly developed the habit over the past 79 days of checking the news you know first thing when they wake up and now in the past few weeks, when we have had such a tragically high number of soldiers uh, being killed, when people do log on to the, the news in the morning, they see that number of how many casualties there were overnight. Um, but then they make a decision about whether they want to see the names and know whether someone that perhaps they're personally connected to uh, was killed, or whether they now know, okay, this is the number, but they have to start their day, they have to function, they have to work, they have to get, you know, kids out the door, and they will look at the names only, you know, in the evening. Um, 
And I think that, I don't know exactly what, but I think it says something interesting about how we are navigating this wanting to know, but knowing that the knowledge does have a deep impact on our psyches and having to balance that with needing to function in all the ways that we need to function. Well, I think that's pretty good advice. Um, I know that I have stopped watching and listening to Western news uh, outlets um, from the BBC to the NPR because I find their stories to not be um, accurate or sensitive to Israel. Uh, and so that was causing a great deal of uh, distress with me uh, as I listen to the news 24 hours a day, I'm trying to not listen to it as much as I used to. But I think it's the prolonged nature of this war where we are hoping every day more hostages will be released, fewer people will be killed, and Israel can get on with what it does uh, best in society. And uh, adapting to war is never an easy thing to do, and one shouldn't have to find a, a, an, adapt, an adaptation for it because it shouldn't exist. But it does. Yeah. And yeah, it, look, this is a very long time. We're not used to these kind of drawn-out wars. Um, and I think even the Israeli media recognizes that after such a long period of time, they have a, a desire, I don't know, maybe an obligation to take the the mental health of the nation into consideration. And I see more and more they're trying to balance the more difficult, you know, tragic parts of the war with stories of heroism, with stories of people who, you know, were able to to make a difference, to to survive, to escape, all of those kinds of stories. And it's very much for for that reason, right? Of thinking about what what does our national psyche need and how do we, you know, we can't escape the war. We can't say, okay, we're all just going to watch cartoons all day. Um, but we can, we can choose what types of stories we want to tell about the things that are, are, are genuinely going on in the country right now. And I think on top of that, we're also hearing both in the United States and in Israel, the story of the hostages who've been released and their experiences and some of the things that they emotionally mentally use to stay alive in captivity. Uh, there are two stories that I heard about this week. Uh, the young, young teenager who survived with her dog in captivity, Lemberg, um, mm -hmm. I think her name is, and Aviv Geffen reached out to her and they did a song together. Um, which I which I find you know I I I find that to be you know that's Israeli right mm -hmm. uh, and then the story of the eighty five year old um, hostage who was released and she claimed that she survived by every day singing uh, a song by an Italian um, opera singer or composer. And he, he reached out to her. Yeah, Andre Bocelli. Andre Bocelli. Yeah, thank you. Thank yeah. you. I'm not, <laughs> as you know, I'm not so good with the music. But um, so here you have an, 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 an iconic 
um, Israeli musician, Aviv Geffen, um, and uh, an Italian uh, singer. Is he a, what is he, a pop star or? Uh, opera, opera. Opera. Okay, okay so I was And he also that. reached out. He wrote yeah. her a letter. Right. So okay. those stories, those stories are making the American, you know, media showcase, which I find to be very, very interesting and, you know, uplifting. Um, and it's, you know, again, it's countering some of the negative stuff that the media is doing. And I just want to say on social media, on Instagram and others, this this whole thing around, you know, Christmas in, in Israel and um, Christmas in Israel has been a high tourism experience for Israelis and for people to come to Israel during Christmas. And it it's not happening this year. So headlines, yeah. are, headlines are, you know, Christmas is canceled in Gaza or Christmas is canceled in Bethlehem. I find the ones to be, you know, referencing Christmas in Gaza has been canceled is doesn't have to be. Um, but Hamas, you know, started this. And really, there aren't, you know, I, I don't want to say there aren't that many Christians, but um, using Christmas as a way of pointing a negative finger at Israel is not fair. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure that Christmas would have been celebrated in Gaza to a great extent last year either. I don't, you know, certainly in Bethlehem, yes, in Jerusalem, there are various celebrations and lots of tourists that come. I don't know how much of a Christmas atmosphere there was in Gaza in previous years. I am. So we've been talking a little bit about how long this uh, war has been going on and the the difficulty of such a sustained period of, of trauma. But the war is not the only thing that happened uh, over a lengthy period of time this year. Our podcast in general has been going on all year. The last almost three months, we've had this focus on the war, but there there was a 2023 before that. And now that we are nearing the very end of the year, um, I thought, Alan, that maybe you would share with us some information about what do we know about who has been listening to Israel Rebound over over 2023. Well, Liz, thank you for referencing that. I, I, I'm very proud of what we've done. You know, we're we're finishing up our second year of our podcast. Uh, and if people look at our logo, uh, it's a picture of Israel and Nebraska. <laughs> so some personal things have changed. Um, you're still in mm -hmm. Israel, but I, I left Nebraska. But we kept the the image because it's a very, it's a very cute image. And uh, I think it's good that we kept it. So in the past year, we have posted 40 episodes of, of Israel Rebound. I also want to highlight that during this past year, we were highlighted as one of the top 13, 15 podcasts uh, with the topic of Israel in it. Do you remember that? I do. You yes. brought that up. We uh, were quite stunned to find out. We were quite stunned to find out. The thing is that that was pre pre-war, pre-October the 7th. Uh, not that we have any statistics about us not being popular anymore, but there have been a lot more podcasts that have come out uh, over the past several months around the the war and the hostages. But I, I want to highlight a couple of things. I, I, you know, first of all, we use Buzzsprout as our vehicle to post our podcast. 
and they have sent out an overview of the year for us. We had a 29% growth over last year, which I think mm -hmm. is um, And our most popular city is Frankfurt on Main in Germany. Yeah, uh, we don't know who it is in Germany that's listening to us, but whoever no. you are, hello. We can, and we're very glad you're listening. We could probably buy data analysis to tell us who it is, but we're we're not we're not so interested in that. We're just thrilled that people are listening to us. Uh, also, we have listeners in 22 countries, which blows my mind. Uh, mm -hmm. So our most popular country, of course, is the United States and Germany is number two. Israel is number three. The one that kind of surprises me a little bit is Oman. We have mm -hmm. uh, we have listeners in Oman. Um, I I don't know where that is coming from, but I mean I know where Oman is, but what why why is that? Uh, our our episodes, our top episodes, they give us five of our top episodes, uh, and I have to pat you on the back on on this because they're all ones where you heavily explain things to us. Uh, the most popular one was Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. Uh, and then a special update from Jerusalem, which was by you. Week 10 of the demonstrations, uh, breaking down the actions of the new government, plus a look at where Israel ranks. So that's one episode where I talk about the uh, the studies on the, Israel is one of the happiest countries in the world. And, mm -hmm. and I, always, I always enjoyed talking about that one. And then our fifth one is the day in the life of Odessa Jewish community which you reported on from your time in Odessa. Mm -hmm. Well, I remember being in uh, Odessa, Ukraine. It wasn't all that long ago, but it's hard to even remember things like, you know, when we were tracking the demonstrations each week and it uh, seems like, I don't know, another lifetime. It, it, it does. So let me ask you a personal question. I, I enjoy our podcast we've we've done 40 in the year of 2023 which is almost which is almost one a week uh, there have been times where i've been on vacation or traveling and you've been on vacation or traveling mm -hmm. so, uh so actually at the end of 2023 we'll have done 41 because today's will be posted what what has the podcast meant to you you know i love that I get to talk to you every week. I mean, I think for me, that's sort of first and foremost, the random people that may or may not be listening in Germany or Oman or whatever. Okay, that's cool. But um, I, I appreciate that we have an opportunity to hear one another's opinion and what's going on, you know, in our worldviews about Israel and Israel relations. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, it does force me to make sure that I'm at least a little bit versed on what's going on in the news and, and, uh, and current events. So I think, I think that, yeah, I think that's the main piece of it for me. What about you? Well, I have to say uh, most of those things that you just said, I, I agree with it's the opportunity to, um, connect with you on a regular basis and to hear about what's going on from your perspective. But I also have to say a little selfish here. I enjoy it when you talk about the food of Israel, mm. especially, especially when we do our 
Hanukkah specials on the Sufganiyot of the day or the food festivals and the cultural events that you and your family go to. Those are all very, very... Well, you know what has opened now for the season? Can you guess? It's that time of year again. Is it the book fair? Not the book fair. Oh, the film festival. The the film festival? The soup festival. No, I'm on your food theme, Alan. I forgot about that. I thought the soup festival was in the fall. Uh, no, it's all winter. So it recently opened. I have not yet been, but certainly on the list to go. I like, you know, once a winter to <laughs> to make my way there. So, so in the so next that's a, few weeks, people can look forward to hearing all about the soups. Good. So that's a good thing for us to kind of end on is that even though Israel is in a collective trauma around the hostages and the war, society still tries to have a balance. Yeah. And I'm glad that you are able to bring that to the podcast because it's important to know that Israel exists on a daily basis with or without a conflict, but how it, how it moves through the challenge is something that you can give us as a perspective that we can't get anywhere else outside of Israel. So I appreciate that part of our podcast. Uh, and on, on a social level or personal level or selfish level, it's not quite Israel therapy for me, but I get a real up-to-date you know, look at, at Israel through your eyes uh, and your experiences, and I greatly appreciate that. Well, I am here, Israel's here, and we're help, happy to have ways to stay connected to, to you and to Jews and, and others else, you know, all around the world. So, Well, let's thank our listeners for joining us again in 2023 for our podcast. And we'll, we'll look at our statistics next year, see how we've grown or, or have not. Hopefully we'll grow. But Liz, thank you very much. Enjoy um, your week. Uh, it'll be the last week of 2023 in in the world. Uh, Israel closes out 2023 with a festival called Sylvester, not necessarily New Year's. Um, mm-hmm. So will you be going to a Sylvester party? I'm probably a little too old for that, <laughs> but, you know. Okay, well, I'll, we'll, we'll reconnect next week. Okay. Thanks, Alan. Thank you, listeners, and wishing everyone a healthy and peaceful end to 2023. All the best. Thank you. And this has been Israel Rebound.